This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned in to The Property Show, our weekly take on all things property related, and I'm Philip C. It's the last Friday of the month, and as usual, our guest today is Chris Tan for the Property Legal Clinic. Welcome, Chris, to The Property Show. How are you doing? Good. I'm good, Philip. Thanks for having me again. You know, I was very intrigued by this article that came out from 99.co about the five most common legal disputes that could really uh, wreck your property transaction. And so it's a it's a global article, uh, actually Singapore-based, and I thought I just want to apply it uh, to a local Malaysian context here. And naturally, one of the most common legal disputes that we tend to hear a lot uh, really relates to around inherited property, uh, in which the issue here is that when a property is passed on from one generation to another, especially if the estate planning was not done properly by the deceased before his or her passing, you know, family members tend to be very dissatisfied with the share of the property they inherit. You know, Chris, in your experience, how significant is this issue in uh, Malaysia? Sorry, I have to always say that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's a matter of whether you are doing it willingly or unwillingly, right? In that sense, it's one is follow your intention, right? And the other one is not following your intention, but prescribed by the law. So to me, there's three ways to deal with estate, three ways. Why do I say three ways? Number one, number one is obviously you can do it before you pass away, mm. right? So that everything is more secure. You can see done, you know, and then you can actually uh, go peacefully one way or another. Number two is that you put a will. Will is actually will kickstart only the day that you are no longer around, correct? So if that's the case, whereby whatever in your will will, not, will only take effect the day that you are no longer alive in this world. Correct. So then, then it will then follow your will means that if you have a favorite son, favorite daughter, you want to give everyone to them, everything to them, you can. You know, you don't have to be fair, you know, nothing. Correct. And if you really don't have a will in that sense, whereby so sudden you're not preparing yourself, then what happens is that then we'll follow what we call the distribution act. Correct. So this is where we will look at your estate and who will have a claim over your estate. So the people who have a, a claim over estate would be like people, your surviving parents, mm. right? Your spouse, legal spouse, for example, correct? And then number two is that, and also your children, what we call in law, we use the word issues, right? So any of your legitimate children, right? Or, or anyone who have can produce a birth cert that say that you are the father in that sense, right? In that sense, so they all have a claim to your estate at a different proportion, at a different proportion. Generally, spouse would have the most, Right then, the balance split equally to the surviving parents as well as the children. What's the formula for the proportion determined? Is there one? Yeah, there is. There is actually generally the spouse is the one who get the most, so it's half. Right, the rest of it is uh, roughly about equally. There are different different scenario. Right then, there's also scenario whereby you don't you live behind no spouse. You don't have surviving parents. You don't have children. So what happened? Right, that is where probably that's where the siblings start to come in. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they will not be in the first year. There's no way that, you know, your brother and sister will not have a piece of estate unless it's a purely a situation whereby, you know, uh, you don't have a, a husband or wife or don't have surviving parents and children. But it gets super complicated when it's only one property, isn't it, which has to be split to multiple uh, beneficiaries. How is that managed? I mean, does it inevitably result to liquidation of the property then? 
Yeah, of course, that's the that's the best way to do it, obviously. Let's put it this way, but I wouldn't use the word inevitably, right? The other way is really, uh, uh, you know, how you solve the problem, right? Again, this is human issue. Let's put it this way. There's no hard and fast. Hard and fast is to guide you, which means the law is there talking about your portion, right? Right? Let's say you really want the house so much, right? You're ready to buy out the other people's portions, for example, right? Or even the surviving parents, maybe they don't want to claim any part of it. They can really forgo it and give it to you also can, right? That I said, there's so many ways to communicate and it depends also your relationship uh, with the, the rest of the family. Yeah, it, so this is where also it resonates with me. I, I talk a lot to my siblings, you know, about my mom's, you know, uh, assets. Sure. And generally we always advise, oh, you know, why don't you quickly either be very detailed in how you assign a physical property or you yeah. decide to liquidate it before your death so that it's easy to distribute it out. You know, that's the mindset that many of us, you know, younger generation who are going to inherit tend to think about to reduce complication. Is that what you're seeing happening now or, you know, how does that happen usually? I'm just saying that, you know, uh, estate planning is very sensitive issue, obviously, Right, like I said, like but they, to me is that um, I personally I always tell people I said, yes, if you don't put it properly, there's potential for dispute, right? So the best thing that you do is one to one now. Let's put it this way: this one give to one person, that one yeah. give to another person, right? Everyone got an apple, then then fine. There's no need to split the apple. But however, if you only have one apple, you want to split it or whatever, you better give clear direction how you want to split it. For example, you can even say that you know you can even leave behind a will to say, uh, uh, so to my son. Uh, Philip will need to sell this thing and then he will then equally split the, the proceed of sales to the rest of the brother and sister, for example. In you see what I'm trying to highlight, right? Mm. Uh you you your 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 instruction need to be as clear. If you are thinking of doing a will, then your instruction need to be as clear as possible because any part of the will that is vague is challengeable. Correct, and you can go to the court, and the will can be challenged. And then, then we have the uh, the the worst case scenario is go back to the default law distribution act position. And what I hear sometimes can be quite complicated is this scenario where, you know, the deceased passes it to the children. The children mm-hmm. then become the owner, but mm-hmm. the spouse is still alive. And she's an he or she is an occupier of the property. That typically does complicate matters, does it not? Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, it complicates matter because uh, there is uh, obviously you being the legal owner, you can choose who you want to who you want to let to stay in your house. Yes or not? Correct. So so if the spouse is still there and whatnot, there is no, uh, no no guarantee that they will definitely let them stay. But I'm just highlighting to you then is again how you brought up the children. It's a family matter. Like I said, there's no way to prevent a lot of these things, right? Even you can put in a will. I've seen a will like that, right? I want to give everything to my son. Right? On the proviso that you must uh, provide no, no, free accommodation no, no. to the spouse. No, I turn it around. I will say that uh, uh, on the proviso, you must provide accommodation. That's one way of saying it, yeah. right? Right. And the other thing, and plus, I will add on to say that for as long as your mother is still alive, right? Yeah. You cannot sell. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, 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 my question to you is this: You know, how do we enforce? Yes. Yes, is how do you enforce? That's my word, right? It's stated yes. in my will very clearly. But who see the will? My son, of course, all right, and my wife, which is the mother, right? For example, in yes. relation to that, yes. so the only person is that later, even if they want to sue, is the mother to sue the son for not following the will. Oh, it sounds very complicated. Correct, correct. That's why I said it's never easy, right? Uh, if you want to rely on uh, for for anything for that matter, any case, uh, yeah. for example, if any dispute for all intended purposes, you need to rely on law. 
it's not going to be happy ending, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying to you is that, uh, again, that's why I said the succession inheritance uh, is a very, very interesting issue, right? And I'm just saying that, you know, you shouldn't deal with it just on the hard and fast uh, cold words of the law, right? It's also the, 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 the EQ side, the emotion side. Yeah? But this is the hard part, isn't it? You talk about, you know, how do we soften it? But sometimes what usually happens is that the death occurs before a will or legal proceeding is finalized. And that's when the tension takes place, right? There is an intention to put this uh, in paper and pen, but somehow it's not formalized. It's going through the process still. And then the person passes away. That creates a lot of tension, isn't it? That's when the the hard part then rears its ugly head. Right. Let's put it this way. Nobody can ever plan for their death, right? One way or another. Let's put it this way. Even as much as you you want to put that will in place and all that, just like you said, you know, you could have done, you could have passed on before you actually execute that will, before you actually firm up that will, right? One way or another. But there is a safety net. Like I said, it's not that when everything will be taken away, it will be gone, right? There will be a, like I said just now, there's a distribution act all about way, what to do with your estate, correct? There is certain default position that's happening there, right? The government will not just take away everything you have. So the next question is, uh, using the default position, then how do you then negotiate and talk to each other and do it nicely so that everyone can take something? In the, in the event that you know nobody can agree, it's a stalemate situation, does the government then seize the asset later? What happens then? It becomes in limbo, isn't it? If there is no resolution among those who are inherited. Is that, is that a fair assessment? No, no, it's not like, like I said, worst come to worst, go to the court, yeah. right? Take on and say what is the act provide and why it should be distributed this way and you give me a reason why I shouldn't follow, for example, mm. right? And it's a case of fighting it out. But if if there's a claim in the court and whatnot, then there's, it means that the estate, there's people interested in the estate. It's not like an unclaimed situation, right? So there's no forfeiture. La. I mean, of course, you have to do the necessary thing, put in the caveat, make sure you pay your quick rent assessment, you know, so that your property is not taken away from you, right? And and how does it work then if it's an involves an overseas property? You know, will the rules and the laws have to be enacted differently? You know, will a Malaysian based will apply if, uh, over overseas properties then? Okay, let's put it this way. The the simple thing is this: if you have a Malaysian will, first of all, you will then uh, get the will uh, acknowledged in corpus. Right? So we say the grant of probate. So once you have the grant of probate, means you can enforce uh, the will for the purpose of Malaysian's real estate, for example, whatever asset you have here. So you mm. do that first, correct? And what happened in the lease there? There happened to be one estate in Australia, for example, right? Then what happened is that you have to then bring this probate and go to the Australian court and acknowledge that this is the valid uh, will and valid probate and the way to distribute it. And once you get through that process, then you follow the local law. Uh, we'll have more of your questions and answers from Chris Tan from Church Associates after these messages. Stay with us, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C and I have Chris Tan from Church Associates here with me for the monthly property legal clinic that takes place on the last Friday of the month. And Chris, let's move on to the second dispute. Uh, sure. Property disputes related to a title of a property, right? This is a case uh, when the title of a property is traced back to the time when the property was purchased, but issues may arise when the title is not in order or when co-owners claim more than what they're entitled to. Again, right, uh, how severe is the situation in Malaysia? Do you see this a lot happening? I presume yes, right, especially among business partners. 
Um, let's put it this way for a start is that Malaysia do practice this uh, land registration system called the torrents. So, so one default position that everyone must know is that whatever reflect in the land registry is, uh, is, is first of all in this feasible title. What does mean is that if it's stated there, it's half-half, it's half-half. Mm. You understand that? If it's stated there, it's owned by this and owned by that, you know, nobody can take it away just like that. So that itself, like we don't, it's not like in UK, for example, whereby they have a land deed registration system, whereby uh, it's about document and document and document to prove the ownership. So in that sense, uh, uh, we are better with the torrents in the sense that they, it have uh, eliminated a lot of this potential dispute. However, however, all right, there will still be other issues like, for example, if it's company ownership, for example, shareholder dispute, then it's company's law again. You brought in another conflict. So that supersedes that, is it? It doesn't supersede. It's still the company who is the owner. Mm. But then if the company sell the, the asset or the property and then got money, and how do you distribute? We will then look at the shareholding of the company and the shareholder entitlement one. Mm. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, so when I said, if there's a dispute in the shareholding, whether the shareholding is actually give you more and give you less, whatever that is, like for example, suddenly you issue more share, suddenly you transfer some share, you know, when you're alive, and it's not reflected in the will, and nobody know. And I saw the will say I got fifty percent, but however, the 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 when I when when I go and check the company, I actually left ten percent. I see. You, you know <laughs> things like that, like you, you things like that can happen. But I'm just saying to you is that why you left ten percent could be that the person when he do the will, he really have fifty. But before he pass on, and before he have chance to change his will, he sell another forty percent, so he left with ten. I see. I mean, when I hear this issue about, you know, title properties, this really sometimes is an issue of it being in limbo or in flux, right? Where mm. it's kind of disrupted by some relationship gone wrong. You know, for mm-hmm. example, a divorce proceeding uh, yep. as, as it goes onward, right? How does that complicate matters then? Let's put it this way. A divorce proceeding, let's put it this way. If you have a proper divorce proceeding, right? Um, all these things, uh, we will uh, address it properly in court, right? If there's a fight, let's fight it out. And then the court will give an order to say, okay, how are you going to do? After I hear both sides of the story, mm. I think this should be the way. And if you're not happy, you can appeal again, right? For example. So let's put it this way. A divorce uh, is not about a relationship ending only. Uh, the marital relationship. Because there's all other things. Co-ownership relationship, for example, right, of property, those things also need to be addressed, for example, right, this kind of thing, that's why a proper divorce paper is quite thick, it's not that, you know, A, divorce from fee, they shall have nothing to do with each other, free to marry again, no, that's not like that, right, but it's actually more than that, they will talk about son, children, how do they actually custody, follow who, whether got visitation right or not, property purchase, join name together, what to do, or even property purchase in one of the party's name. What do you do? Because the other party do claim for it. Yes. In that sense. So things like that. So, so and I said, a good uh, 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 divorce proceeding will address all this issue. Right? If you're not happy, because the court will give order and say, okay, I hear you already. I hear your story. Why you want 50% uh, for the fact that you actually don't have any name uh, appearing on the title, but you want 50%, for example. Correct? So you tell me, well, and then the court will say, okay, I think you should have 50 Right? Then they give orders and say, please give 50 to this person. You understand mm, what I'm trying to mm, say? Mm. So, so let's say you have to fight it out and then once the court order granted, then you can execute that order. It Not is in sequence, isn't Not- it? You can't do it in parallel. You have to get your divorce proceedings uh, sorted out first before you can make all these transactions take place then? Correct. Let's put it this way. I would say this, uh, even for the purpose of the 
the the land offices uh, and all these things which administered about this land ownership and title transfer and everything, right? For example, uh, right? They will not just take your word for it. You can't just go there and show them, hey, this is the will. The will said me. Mm. Correct? They say no, go to the court, confirm that the will say you. So the court will give an order that I read the will. I think, yeah, the will say him. So then only then the, the land office will do the transfer. You, you know what I'm trying to say, no? So even in the in the in the divorce proceeding, for example, you cannot just go there under the law. This one I contribute, I think I should be entitled, can get my wife's name out. Hmm. Correct, but the question, but the answer again, they will not do is say, give me an order. Lah. So they have you to reference why? it to the divorce documents, isn't it? Correct. You know why they need an order? Because very simple. They they are then want to be protecting themselves. Because if you have a proper order, then I'm only executed executing the direction from the court. Fair. Fair. So so this is also like the same, even for your bank uh, deposit, I must say. It's the same for them. You cannot say, oh, this one is my father. He, he, he's no longer here, right? So I'm the only son. Rightfully, he should be all come to me. So can you now pass all the money to me? <laughs> the bank say, yeah, go to the court, get yeah. an order, then I'll carry it for you. I guess then that same logic applies to someone who is bankrupt then when the property transaction is taking place. Do you have to go to the court to verify this or how? Yeah, no, if this, first of all, uh, how do you know one person is bankrupt, right? You need a court order to adjudicate that he's bankrupt, first and foremost, right? Mm. So without that, I cannot say he's a bankrupt, correct? No matter yeah. what you want to do, right? So again, there is a proof there, right? And number two, then even when you are bankrupt, there is this thing called the official assignee, you know, and being approved to administer your asset. A bankrupt doesn't mean that you cannot own asset. A bankrupt only means that you lost the credibility and ability to manage your own asset. So some officer, government officer need to step in for you. Yes or not? Yep. So so then then they will have order appointing this so-called official assignee. Who is this officer? So all this will be properly documented before those people are safeguarding the ownership one will take action. For example, your bank. For mm. example, your land office. Yeah. Yeah. So in the scenario where sometimes uh, a joint tenancy goes wrong then, uh, which could end up with a lawsuit, you know, how how does that affect transfer of titles? Does that affect transfer of titles? Well, let's put it in joint tenancy. So, so first and foremost, we must understand what the heck is joint tenancy, right? Mm. So, in terms of joint tenancy means that uh, it's a tenancy with two tenants, yep. correct? So, if it's tenancy with two tenants, let's put it this way, as far as I'm concerned, the moment one person passed away, for example, like one of the tenants passed away, right? So it's the landlord, then you have to then talk to the tenant and see whether you still want to continue or not, right? Is there any Correct. new agreement then in order to... In, in, I mean, for prudence, prudence why yes, you probably need an agreement, right? But I'm just saying that even if you don't, then the, the, the risk is with the landlord also, uh, one way or another. Like I said, renting is an obligation more than a benefit. Nobody will fight over a tenancy, right? You understand what I'm trying yep, to say that yep. if you are the tenant? But if you are a landlord, it's different. Uh. If you are a landlord, then it's not a fight over the tenancy, but it's a fight over the entitlement to the renter out of the tenancy. Chris, thank you very much. That was very helpful. That's all the time that we have for the monthly property legal clinic today. Join us again next month as we help you shed light on your legal conundrums. Send your questions to property at bfm.my or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.